Want to hear some inside scoop? If your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are, you gotta check out Kohl's. I got my daughters the cutest sew tops for under 18 bucks, Jansport backpacks for 25% off, and 30% off Levi's jeans for me. I even saved an extra 15% and picked up Kohl's cash. So, yeah, not sure who's more excited right now, me or the girls. Select styles. 15% off ends August 15th. Levi's coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store calls account for details. Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. Hashtag SAS2018 is coming up. And if you don't know what that means, just stick around. You'll hear from Brandon Tatum with Turning Point USA, and he'll explain it all. And we'll talk about Trump's meeting with the Democrats a couple of days ago and guess a little bit on Kevin Hart and also something on Brett Kavanaugh that you may have known about in the past couple of days. All that and more in this episode of Trend Chat. highways of america here's the podcast where we talk politics a little entertainment some culture and this and that from the road to your ears this is trend chat with your host brian bledsoe and welcome welcome to another episode of trend chat i'm your host brian bledsoe and if you want to connect with us, whether on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat, it's all the same name, at TrendChat247. So, before we even get into anything that I've mentioned in, in the intro, actually, um, our last episode with Laura Clausen that we had um, last week, it was right before the Avengers... Uh, in-game trailer and yeah i mean look if you know anything about this podcast you know we did like the what was it three episodes <laughs> talking about avengers and i look i know i guess kind of the motto a slogan of this podcast is politics and some and other stuff maybe i gotta remember my own slogan but <laughs> but um when it comes to talking about Avengers, we could talk about that for multiple episodes, obviously. <laughs> and so, yeah, when I think I pop, I'm, I think I'm on what maybe a hundred times I've seen the trailer since it came out last week. 
So, yeah, so it's uh, Avengers Endgame finally revealed the title. And it's a appropriate name. It goes back to what what has been mentioned in previous Avengers films and all that. And now the countdown is on to April 26th. Now, I remember when um, at first it was supposed to be in May, but Avengers Affinity War moved up a week as well. So I guess they're just doing the same thing with, with Endgame. And... You know, we uh we're in multiple states. We're always everywhere. We never know where we're gonna be at let alone tomorrow, let alone four months from now. But when I saw April twenty sixth, when uh, when uh Endgame is gonna gonna premiere, I thought about it for a second, I'm like, hold on, something about that date sounds familiar, I don't know why. <laughs> And when I look through my calendar, I'm like, oh, so I know exactly where I'm going to be, Lord willing, <laughs> on April 26th. So I can go ahead and um, get advanced tickets if I want to. So I can make sure I'm like smack dab in the middle of the theater when it's <laughs> on the first showing, whatever it might. Well, that'll probably be Thursday. So that'd be the April 25th. So, <laughs> but I know where I'll be because. The NRA annual meetings are April 26th through the 28th in Annapolis, Indiana. So I'm, I know I'm going to be there. So I, I can go ahead and find a theater in Indianapolis. And like I said, when advanced tickets go on sale, I am there. Because normally I can't do that because I'm on the road so much. And I can't plan out something. Well, I can, but... I mean, to plan out something that far advanced, I think the last time I planned out where I was going to be for a movie was um, uh, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, not not The Last Jedi. Now, well, the only reason I did that because I participated in that, that long marathon where they show all the Star Wars movies before they show uh, A Force Awakens. And thinking back on that, I know Marvel's probably going to do something like that with... Um, with the Avengers. Now, now if they do what they did with the Infinity War where they show all the movies. They they had this one marathon where they show all the movies and then obviously ended it with Infinity War. I I couldn't do that. That's 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 too much. Um that's basically taking a vacation <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to watch them all, especially in a one sitting at a theater. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't do that, but if Marvel if Marvel do um do a um a marathon where they show all three of just the Avengers, you know, just show the Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron, Infinity War, and then show Endgame. If they do something like that, I'm game for that. I'll be there for that, which probably means if they do that, that definitely be on the 25th most most likely. So I'll if I'm gonna do any sort of marathon, it's gonna be that. Even though. I know I'm going to watch them. I have them on my phone. <laughs> I'm going to watch them a couple of times, but even before then. So, and, yeah, anyway, I just, if you can't tell my excitement <laughs> um, for this. Uh, and on top of that, we got Captain, uh, Captain Marvel, which comes out in March, which going to have some details toward the upcoming Endgame movie. So, I mean, yeah, 
It's good. And and that trailer was was great too. So, yeah. But I'm pretty sure like when we did Infinity War, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a couple episodes on Endgame. Well, it's not a couple because we're not going to just do the same thing we did with Infinity War. So, we all so we'll probably just talk about Infinity War and then go just talk about Endgame. So, that that may be one episode. Maybe. It's pretty, yeah, maybe one episode. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be two. Personally, I just think it's going to be that. So, anyway, I just wanted to, wanted to talk about that because it's probably the last time I'm going to talk about it until we get close to around March. Well, well, when um Captain Marvel come out, I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll talk about it then. But until then. Let's um before I get into everything that I actually mentioned in the intro, let's hear from hear a word from my friends with the Founder Project. Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's civics education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our educational meme series, we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. So, President Trump met with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer at the White House a couple of days ago. And I know I mentioned this in the intro, but obviously, well, not obviously, but I I don't I'm not going to have a lot to say on this but it was great political theater <laughs> i would say that outside of that i don't see anything coming out of this well especially for the you know border security for the wall or whatever i don't see democrats bending at all and giving president trump any funding towards the wall or any sort of border security which is telling because at this time he's asking for five billion which uh, i know that sounds like a lot but relative to what the government spends that's like chump change that's like 25 cents in your pocket <laughs> for the government because that's they, they spend that much as much as long as i've been since i've been on they probably spent maybe <laughs> twice that much in that amount of time so but anyway so you know, when it comes to border security, all of a sudden Democrats get all frugal with the money <laughs> of all things. They, I mean, they love to spend money on everything except for things that matter, basically. <laughs> but, um, I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's going to, it's going to happen. And this is basically just the beginning of a continual cycle of back and forth and nothing getting, getting done, which it's to be expected because Democrats are not are not going to be willing to do anything that would um, that would help the Trump agenda in their mind. So, um, yeah, that's that's really it. Like I said, it was fun to watch it. You know, if you, especially the reality TV show aspect of it. You know, with all the cameras in there. But um, other than that, that's basically it. Now. Speaking on border security, actually. So we still have this issue with the caravan. And 
the nerve. So, I think what uh, either was yesterday or a couple of days ago, you have people who are in the caravan are now making demands for some reason. They're they're asking for fifty thousand dollars from the United States so they can leave. So let me get this right. You were told not to come here, especially illegally, or not to come up to the not to come storm the border looking to seek asylum with any reason you can think of. And when you're denied, then you're going to turn around and then ask for $50,000 so you can leave. Oh, you were told not to come here in the first place. And so you want, you essentially want to be paid to leave to, to go back. Um, I, I don't, I don't follow your logic. I really don't, don't, don't know why you, um, feel entitled to even make that such a, such a claim. But, you know, if, if you've gotten, if you decided to make this trip up here anyway, even though you were told that this is not the right way to do it and you ignored all of that and still came. So I, I guess logic is probably not their best, you know, not best suited for them, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't, that's, a, that's another thing I don't see happening. I mean, why, why? <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that was when I heard them like that, this, who, <laughs> What in the world are you thinking? What makes you think you you were gonna even sniff this money? But you know it's funny because we talk about this whole with the caravan and also with Trump meeting Pelosi and Schumer and all and all that and border security. And I think one thing uh, that came out is saying that um, President Trump is <laughs> it is um, I guess threatening or i guess he's making it known that he may uh he'll have the military build a wall <laughs> if he doesn't get the funding or whatnot look i don't know how uh feasible that is that that actually could happen or whatever but if it can now look i am a army vet i i i got you know honorably discharged in 2004 <laughs> so it's been a while <laughs> But, uh, you know, if there if there's a way I can reenlist to help out with the wall efforts, <laughs> I'm willing if I if I can, I'll do it. <laughs> if, if they need help building the wall, yeah, I'll offer my services and reenlist <laughs> to just to help. And, you know, a lot of people want to bring up, well, you know, if you build a wall, it's not going to. It's not going to matter because either they're going to fly over the, or <laughs> crawl or dig under it or whatever like that. Look, whatever. I want a deterrent from crossing the border. So I don't care if it's a wall. I don't care if it's a moat. <laughs> I don't care if it's Border Patrol riding bears. I don't care what it is. 
I just want border security. So whatever that would be, if it's a wall, or like I said, if it's drones, if it's <laughs> whatever, I just want the border secure. I want it to where people cannot cross the border illegally and are forced to go to the port of entry, wherever that is, wherever the port of entry is on the border. I want people to be blocked off from crossing the border illegally and funneled to the right way to get into this country. That's what I want. And if the president is going to get the military to do it, like I said, I don't know if that's even possible, but um, if it is, I'm more than willing to help. <laughs> really, I am. Because, look, we just, we need to secure the border. Basically. But, yeah. So, I know y'all are ready to hear from... <laughs> Well, y'all want to know what SAS is, right? Because y'all heard me from the beginning. Yes, you know, I said SAS, hashtag SAS 2018. And so y'all probably hearing that. If you if you know, you're waiting to hear from Brandon Tatum. If you don't know, you just want to know what what I'm talking about. So after a word from Politichicks, you're going to hear from Brandon Tatum. He's going to talk about it, talk about um, the young Black Leadership Summit as well, and, and some other things. So, after this word, we'll hear from Brandon. Hello, this is Brian Bledsoe, host of Trend Chat, also contributor at Politichicks.com, here to tell you about the new book called Politichicks, A Clarion Call to Political Activism, with over 300 pages from contributors like myself, talking about topics such as education, social issues, healthcare, the Second Amendment, and of course, activism. I encourage you all to check it out at Politichicks.com, and is also available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. This is Dana Lash, and you're listening to Trend Chat. Hello, this is Trent Chat, and we are very pleased to have Brandon Tatum with us. He is the Director of Urban Engagement with Turning Point USA, and we have him uh, right now to talk about the upcoming event with Turning Point USA. So, Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Before we get to talking about the event, let everyone, you know, who's not familiar, tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, I was born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, I played football at the University of Arizona. So I left home when I was 18, and I, and I never looked back. I was in the 2010 NFL draft. I didn't get drafted like I wanted to. Um, I ended up becoming a police officer, and I loved every minute of it. I was a police officer. Um, I did multiple things on the police department. I was on the SWAT team. I was a spokesperson. I was a training officer. I trained these officers who were coming on to the police department. I taught at the academy. Um, so I did a lot of things. Um, a year ago, I made a viral video. And, I mean, it had over 70 million views. It was my critique of Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during the National Anthem. And that video opened up a lot of opportunities for me, and I ended up leaving the police department. I felt like I was, was expanding my reach to a more broader scale. Um, I took a, a, a job with another organization, Liftable Media. I was a spokesperson there. And then uh, maybe halfway through the year, I joined Turning Point around uh, March. And so I've been the director of urban engagement for Turning Point ever since. Okay. And so with the video, like if people don't know about uh, that video that you that you made, with it going so viral, I'm guessing there was a, tons of reaction to that video. 
Yeah, it was a, it was a great deal of reaction on both sides. Um, my, my stance on Colin Kaepernick and the national anthem, I felt that it was disrespectful and unnecessary to decide to use his voice or a protest um, to, you know, to, to, to do anything negative against our national anthem and our flag, which I think is one thing in this country that actually unites us all. Um, I felt like he could have done it in a better manner. I felt like he could have done it in his own personal time, not on duty. Which is which is something that I couldn't do if I was on duty at my job. You know, I couldn't go and do a protest like that. But beyond that, I thought he could have done it a different way. He has his 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 right to do whatever he wants to do, but I do have a right to critique him. So that really, you know, garnished a lot of attention from people who supported, you know, the the way that I think. And uh, there was also a lot of people who didn't like it. They thought that uh, I was being a little too harsh. But I think that comes with the territory. But that, that video went mega viral. It had, it had, I think I said, 70 or 80 million. And from that, I guess, went toward to where you're at now, I mean, to being in Turner Point USA. Now, I remember earlier this year, I mean, Turner Point, you know, they do a lot of different events. And one in particular uh, was the Young Black Leadership Summit that was going on. And I would like you to kind of let everyone know about that, mainly because. One, it was a great event, but also, you know, it definitely wasn't covered by the media. Yeah, um, it was an event. I was the chair of the event. Uh, I did a lot of the legwork in coordinating speakers and attendees. And um, so it was, I like to call it my event. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was a great event. And we had over 400 black leaders from all over the country, ranging from age 14 to up with the 35. And we brought them down, and we had a four week, I mean, a four day summit. Where we had a lot of different activities that that went on, and then one of our major activities were was our opportunity to go to the White House and be able to hear from Ben Carson and the President of the United States. Um, it was a beautiful thing, and it was unfortunate that the media organizations, the major ones, especially the the left leaning organizations, didn't didn't even report it. I mean, I saw some of the left-leaning organizations um, showing Donald Trump's speech, but they had the camera high enough where you couldn't see the crowd. And there was 400 people packed into into that room, and it was a it was a, an amazing sight to to be seen. And it, that was very unfortunate. You know, my father actually came to the event with me. He was very proud of what I, what me and a lot of our staff was able to put together. And even he was disappointed that, you know, a, a TV station like CNN, which he watches, um, did not even report what went on, didn't even give it any credence. And, you know, then we had Al Sharpton come out and say that we were all paid to wear mega hats and all this other crazy stuff. And so it was very disappointing that it that it wasn't broadcast throughout the mainstream. I do understand and I am cognizant that, you know, there was that, uh, I think, bomb threat suspect that was captured. And so it kind of dominated the news media. So I do understand a slight bit of that. But it was a great event, man. Beyond that, those young people were so inspired. They were happy to see one another. I mean, you could only imagine the, the minimal amount of conservatives that in concentrated areas around the country. And then you had 400 of them concentrated in one hotel or the one or two hotels. It was great. People were inspired. People were crying. and and, and joyful to, to connect with other black conservatives who 
had a similar ideology. Not everybody supported Trump. Not everybody were conservatives. There were libertarians and, and other people there. I think there were a few people who weren't even conservative at all. They called them, they, they leaned to the left, but it was a, it was a, a great event, man. And I think it was historic. I think you will look back on this in a few years and, and really be able to see the impact that it had nationwide. Yeah. I, I know personally, I had a conversation with, with someone who I, I, you know, that votes Democrat and what they saw the, um, the, the clip of, of y'all at the, um, at the white house. And this person said, I don't remember seeing this. I'm like, uh, why they don't show this on, on the news. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's, that's not the narrative they want to want to put out. Right. And it's, it's highly unfortunate because it takes people by surprise. So when the world was looking at the election period with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, um, people were completely convinced that Donald Trump had no chance in the world. And people like myself who participated in the rally that Donald Trump held watched all the other rallies on television, looking at all the people on social media, listening to the stories, listening to people who are now voting for the first time ever, and, and, and not only voting for Donald Trump because he's Donald Trump, but people were voting for his policies and some of the things that he was he was actually saying and not the rhetoric that the media was pushing. And I knew that he was going to win the election, and I thought it was going to be worse than what it was, but I knew he was going to win. And the media, some media outlets are so indulged in being right instead of reporting um, news. And so people are, are caught off guard when President wins, when President Trump wins the election by a large margin. And the same thing is happening now. They don't want to show that there's a lot of African-American and minorities in general who are walking away from the leftist perspective and moving more towards the Republican Party or the conservative ideology. They don't want to show that. They want to act like it don't exist. And conferences like the one we did, because to be honest, we had over 700, 800 people apply. We just couldn't, because we're a nonprofit organization and all of our proceeds came from donations, we just didn't have enough revenue to get 700, 800 people down in D.C. I mean, we ran our hotel space with the, with the 400 that we had. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot more, and we're just one organization that's doing it. So um, people are going to be in for a rude awakening if they don't step outside the box, take a look at different media outlets, not only the mainstream media, um, because there's a, lot, there's a lot going on. There's a movement going on in the black community where I, I wouldn't necessarily say people are supporting Trump in mass. I think there's a lot of people that do. But I think there's a lot of people that are sick and tired of being sick and tired of the same policies that have done nothing for their community. And they're saying, okay, if, if these people who, who we have been voting for aren't going to do anything, then we're going to look for somebody who's going to do something. And it doesn't matter if they have a D by their name or an R by their name. We're going to go and we're going to vote for what's going to make our community better. And I think that that, that, that idea is starting to lean more to the right. Well, I know Turn the Point is definitely one of those you know, organizations that are doing great work as far as getting young people engaged in general. And one event that's coming up right now is the Student Action Summit, or called or SAS, if you want to say. So uh, let everyone know about that. 
Yeah, SAS is the biggest organization. I say biggest organization, the biggest event that we have every year. So it's the end of the year event. I mean, we're looking forward to having upwards of four to five thousand young students all around the country. You know, students from our young women's leadership, young black leadership, young Hispanic leadership, all over the country. From all of the events that we put together all throughout the year, we're hoping to have everybody there. It's going to be in West Palm Beach. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the speaking lineup. But the speaking lineup is legendary. I yeah. mean, I, I don't even know how we got all those speakers, to be honest. I mean, we got Jordan Peterson, Mark Levin, uh, uh, um, what's his name, Laura Ingram. I mean, we could go down the list, man. It's just so many dynamic speakers that are that that you could probably not find anywhere else. We don't. We not. I don't. You know, we are offering um, as that. Uh, well, I was just gonna say. Well, I mean, we we don't have enough time to go through the whole lineup. I mean. I only got four to five minutes, <laughs> so so yeah. I, yeah, it, 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 it take an hour to talk about every speaker that's <laughs> going to be there. But it's I tell you what, it's a lot of dynamic speakers. So, um, what is uh registration still open or? Yeah, registration is still open. I think it, it, if a person, I'll tell you this: we have a limited amount of seats available, limited amount of spots. If if somebody who hears this broadcast really wants to be there. You need to do two very important things right away or you're going to miss the opportunity. You have to go and apply, and once you've applied, as soon as you get the email, you need to confirm. And, and the difference between application and confirmation is that when you apply, we review your application, and then we'll accept you. And once you accept it, you have to go through the process of getting your flight and, and getting all the things that you need to have booked, and then we'll confirm that you're going to be at the event and then you'll be added to our list. So if anybody that sees this, I mean, that listens to this, you're probably going to barely make it in, but give it an attempt. Make sure you confirm. I mean, make sure you're accepted and confirm for the event as soon as possible. All right, and so where where do they go if they need to need to apply? TPUSA.com forward slash SAS. So TPUSA.com forward slash SAS. That's how you apply. And then when it's time to confirm, make sure you go to tpsa.com forward slash confirm SAS, forward slash confirm SAS. And I look forward to it. Anybody who wants to be there, you're going to have a great time. We're going to, we're going to really enjoy West Palm Beach. All right. Well, uh, how can people get in touch with, with you on social media and, and Turner Point? Yeah, so Turning Point USA, uh, you can just type Turning Point USA into any social media platform and it's going to come up. That's how you can get in, you know, get involved with what we're doing on our platform. And then me as an individual, um, you can just reach out to or look me up at the Officer Tatum. So T H E Officer Tatum. Look me up on all of my social media. My favorite social media right now is my Instagram. So if you catch me on Instagram, I don't have a lot of people bombarding my messaging. So if you jump and get me a message, send me a DM, I'm more likely to respond to you. All right. Well, Brandon, thanks so much for your time. Well, thank you, sir. I really appreciate sharing the good news. Thank you for giving me an opportunity, and uh, I hope you all have a blessed day. Politics and other stuff, maybe. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. Yeah, and thanks to Brandon for joining us. 
so if you heard the end of that um this is all <laughs> this is going to be posted on what is it the december 13th <laughs> on thursday so if you're hearing this because um it starts december 19th so you don't have a lot of time but i wanted to get it out and if you are interested as brendan said you need to apply and then be confirmed so you can um you can take part of the student action summit so get on it if you're listening to this i mean look um i appreciate you listening but if you really want to go you know as you're listening you can just go to to turn points website and and go through the process now go do it now so but um i know uh, i've been thinking about one of i guess one or two things one thing was um what happened with kevin hart and um so if you don't know kevin hart was slated to host the oscars next year and you know that's uh regardless of what you think of the oscars or what i think of the oscars i mean i've made my <laughs> my point known about it i'm i know i'm nine times out of ten i'm not gonna watch even if he was on <laughs> and yeah it just it's you know whatever but that was taken away from him um pretty quickly actually and he uh, he at first he wasn't apologizing because someone found a couple of tweets that um and some things that he said that were considered homophobic and all and all that and Kevin Hart has already apologized for those things he's already you know he said he he doesn't um doesn't say those words anymore and whatnot he's already he's done that before but apparently that wasn't enough. And I think it was like a couple of days later, he was out as the Oscars host. And I know a lot of people are just, you know, bringing up the fact that, you know, being politically correct and, and, and everything as far as uh, why he wasn't, uh, why he was, you know, kicked out as far as, being the Oscars host personally. And I think what plays into it a little bit is that Kevin Hart mentioned before that he didn't want to do any political jokes or didn't want to like, you know, uh, go at Trump. Now he has said some things about, about the president, but he has said that he didn't want to, I guess didn't want to make his focus um to talk so much you know to make his um comedy so focused on the president and all that i feel like that hurt him i feel like that from because he said that about someone that hollywood clearly hates (laughs) and just making that statement alone didn't help him as far as when it um when this you know controversy came about they kind of like well you don't yeah, you don't feel like we like we do where every waking moment and every everything we do must be a repudiation of the Trump administration. If you don't feel that way in Hollywood, then obviously you 
you must be an enabler <laughs> or 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 a supporter or something or they'll treat you like that and i think that kind of played into it a little bit where people didn't feel didn't feel like defending them because he wouldn't uh go along with their continual crusade against the trump administration <laughs> and all those evils that they do <laughs> but so anyway i don't know who's going to be next on set i don't care and, uh, and when it comes to the oscars i i think i mentioned um well, I'm pretty sure Black Panther is going to be. Yeah, I'm not going there. No, I'm not, not, not about to do that. I did it last episode. I'm just not even going to start. Plus, I'm pretty sure I'm going to talk about it again probably next month sometime. So, but um, but yeah. So, well, I got forgot this other thing that I mentioned too. But given the fact that I had a couple of episodes about um Brett Kavanaugh, I guess I need to bring this up. So the case came before the Supreme Court to basically um, to go over as far as, I guess, defunding Planned Parenthood through uh, Medicaid, um, through whether uh, from uh, Louisiana, Kansas, I think. So this case came before the Supreme Court. Well, it came before them to decide if they want to hear it, put it that way. And they decided not to hear the case. And you're not, I mean, you know, especially some who, you know, don't want to hear the case. It would be the liberal justice, whether it's um, Sotomayor, Ginsburg. Um, I always do this. Is it Breyer? <laughs> I keep forgetting the third one, but, um, um, yeah, I think it's Briar. Yeah. Okay, um but yeah, regardless of that, you 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 know who the conservatives are supposed to be at least <laughs> in this. And Chief Justice Roberts voted with the other liberal justices and surprise surprise Brett Kavanaugh voted with the liberal justices as well to not hear this case. Now look. I can understand how this can feel like a betrayal and I I'm definitely not not happy about it myself but I will give him the benefit of the doubt I mean look every justice is not going to be 100% great on everything they do anyway and this is like one of the first things he he's you know making a decision on and it's not even a it's not even a decision on a case this basically was a decision to not have a decision so I know who knows, like I said, he he's new and he may not want to jump into this right now. I mean, he just got there. Maybe he just want to, okay, look, I, maybe that's his thinking or, or maybe he's not going to do it at all ever. I remember when, this whole hysteria was going on and all the protests from all the liberals. And they kept bringing up about how if, um, Brett Kavanaugh becomes a Supreme court justice, uh, Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned and all that. Like, well, that's not a guarantee. And I was saying that from a conservative point of view, 
I I don't know because we'll see. I wasn't that as confident as the liberals were that he was going to do it. And right now we have a, I guess, some indication. Maybe if anything, it shows that he is not nearly as passionate in wanting to um, to go there on this as someone I you know like like myself. I mean, one there were three other you know justices that wanted <laughs> this to be heard, so it's not like it was a a clean sweeper. All of them didn't uh, didn't want to hear the case. But if anything, it may show that he is just he may not be as as passionate as the left wanted to make him seem when it comes to um, these cases that have anything to do with abortion. So look, it's not, it's not a good start, but Hey, he's going to be there for a while. Anyway, this could be just a a bump in the road. Could be, or, Oh man. Or it could be one of those cases, cases where a Republican brings in the Supreme court justice. And next thing you know, they go liberal. (laughs) So that's the worst case scenario. But Hey, it, 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 if history has shown us anything, that is a possibility. <laughs> so, and so, yeah. Speaking of hearings, actually, I guess I mentioned this before we go. Google had them on, um, had a congressional hearing. So the CEO of Google was up there and they were just talking about, uh, what they had them there to talk about bias against conservatives, um, on Google and which, if you've seen anything from whether it's internal emails or even that video of um, Google executives after the 2016 election, or just basically Google, um, just go to Google yourself and see the people who are being banned from YouTube and, and all that. It's a very strong case that Google, Google is having some sort of bias, especially towards conservatives. And what the, I think I mentioned this before. I I think it was about somebody, I guess something else, but I think it might've been about Facebook. But if these people who have possession of, of power like Google, where they can control the information, 90% of people see when they do their search results, if they have that power and the people behind that, hate literally hate this administration the the trump administration so much and think that it is so evil what makes you think that that would keep them from using their power to try to thwart anything positive or anything conservative that is antithetical to anything liberal any liberal agenda that those people in positions of power hold what will stop them? They will feel fully justified in silencing conservatives, silencing anyone that is, um, in their eyes, basically evil. Because to, um, I, I would say probably in a lot of their eyes, um, and in support, any positive notion of President Trump from 
and whoever that person is, in a lot of cases, they are basically looked at as just as just as evil as he is at the, in their eyes. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you would be naive to think that they wouldn't use the power that they have. So all what they what they said at the hearing and whatnot. I, I don't know what's going to come of it. I mean, I don't know how much can be done, really. I mean, yeah. So I guess we'll see. And for one, Democrats are going to take over the House, so we're not going to even have this anymore for the next two years anyway because Democrats benefit from all of this. So they're not going <laughs> to uh, continue any uh, investigations or bring in any hearings um, about this. So that this is probably the last one of that. Unless you know, unless uh, Republicans take over in the in twenty twenty. So, anyway, appreciate everyone listening, and we'll be back next week. Matter of fact, I know who we'll have. We'll have Lacey Williams to talk about the latest issue coming out for Expressions Magazine. So, until then, we'll chat with you later. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. When it comes to working at GEICO, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she's so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At GEICO, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, GEICO has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only downside? She still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Fredericksburg? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Fredericksburg.